they break the land itself. They want it, but in their rage, they will destroy it. Like the jealous man burns his rich things rather than let them be taken by his enemies, they come. And with that, Gadol dies. Heroes of presents Stormpod, a Stormlight Archive reread. Book one, The Way of Kings. covering chapter 16 and 17 in this episode of the storm pod so if you haven't caught up yet i suggest going back reading and then coming and finding us afterwards hope you enjoy the show welcome to the show i'm your host sean q and with me is the man that always runs the bridge runs in the front it's his privilege to be at that death point it's your bridge <laughs> leader it's jack what's up dude how are you doing sir I am doing okay. We uh, spent all day today um, waiting in line for a COVID test so that the kids could go back to school or go to school. Mm-hmm. Very yeah, good. it was uh, quite a quite a long day. I uh, I hope anyone day. who has to do it in the future um, brings lots of snacks and their tablets. <laughs> Pack of sandwiches and some gummy bears. Some gummy bears, lots of gummy bears. Mm. Um, we mm. normally do this uh, this pod in the morning, and we normally drink coffee together while we pod. But today it is the evening. It's uh, eight thirty. Yes. yes. Uh, what do you? We're going to sound a little sultry. Yeah, it's nice. Actually, I kind of like the way our voices <laughs> sound in the morning. We sound like two octaves deeper. Oh, are we? <laughs> yeah, it sounds super deep because our voices figured, are all. We would be slower at night. Like our voices get kind of slow. I think we sound. I think we probably sound more tired at night for sure. But uh, what are you? Um, what are you drinking tonight? Uh, to, well, I was going to be joining you in a drink, but it is in the other room. I would have to. Uh, I would have to, Mister Fantastic. This. Uh, this. Uh, you beer. have to. You know what? This is. This is too good. This is good podcast right here. Get up and go get it. And we'll cut. Am up, I doing? We'll okay. Cut it out. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Go, go ahead. Go. Okay. Here we go. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to go get this thing. I'm excited about this beer, actually. <laughs> All right, you're oh, back. It's a cold one. It's a cold so, one. So now that Jack's back, uh, uh, we this quickly is, cut. This, this is something special from my fridge. This is a, it's called Extra Special Bitter. Hmm. And it's made by uh, Collingwood Brewery. Nice. Yeah, it is nice. Can yeah. or glass? Oh, well, let's settle that. Ah, uh, there we go. There's the can <laughs> right there. You know, there's a um, there's a podcast I interviewed uh, last year uh, called uh, We Can Trip. They're like uh, three, four boys from uh, from Ohio, and mm-hmm. they oh, they start every single session they play D anD D, and they uh, one of them pops a uh, pop can. Because the very first time they recorded, <laughs> one of them did it like as a lark to like try to screw up the guy's intro, and now it's part of the show. Like now, now they always the pop show. that pop can. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. Shout out to the boys at Weekend Trip. Um, anyways, mm-hmm. yeah. So I'm drinking a Apothic Dark, a nice red wine. 
Red wine. Okay. Mm-hmm. I like the red. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm a, I'm a red fan myself. Jay always brings the, like the best red wine. Remember that red wine we, you, me and Jay shared on the uh, patio at the cottage that time, man, I didn't yeah, want that bottle to end. It was perfect. He's got some good taste in. Uh, yeah. I, I, I'm a Barolo fan myself, but they're very, uh, they're just seasonal over here. I can't get them very often. It's a bit of a treat. Yeah. So part two, um, chapter 16. Yeah, um, 16 and 17. I, I can't believe that we're this far in. I was looking at the at the book and I was thinking, wow, we have come quite Yeah, episode quite 10, baby. So I'm looking I'm looking at my novel. I've got my book my bookmark in there to sort of see the progress and yeah, I'm excited. I mean, we are I feel like um you know how like uh TV shows <clears> that <throat> run for a while, they'll do like you'll see them do these like 500 episodes uh, um, like celebrations and they've got giant cakes and stuff and they cut people mm. cake for the whole staff and everything. We should do that for episode 10. It's like episode 10. We'll put up banners. We'll serve like sheet cake. <laughs> we'll put up <laughs> banners. We're going to have ban- We're going to have streamers. Yeah. Lucille in accounting can, can tell us all about her kids. Lucille. Oh, geez. Uh, her kids are really nice. Actually. <laughs> her kids are nice. Um, this this chapter so yeah uh, it was good this was a good chapter uh, we, i think there's some hidden wait, hold on uh, before we start the chapter what about the uh the piece of art here, Sean, i want to get on with this what about that first first page first page of okay whoa 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 what am i missing here oh the artwork oh. on the codes of war yes i know i know i, I yeah, that, that was my first note that was my first right. note okay um, okay yeah, no, uh, go ahead if you want to speak to the code. No, no, I no. Mean, Let's, uh, what do you think about them what do you, after you read the codes? Like, we don't have to go through them and read them I, all. But we, we are assuming that we're assuming that people that, that have, are listening to this pod are, have either read them or have just read them, right? So, um, like, we don't need to read them all. What, what do you think? What, what's some, uh, some thoughts? Well, well there, there are, I mean, one of them was brought up in, in a previous chapter. Mm-hmm. So, and that was that uh, no officer will require uh, an action of his soldiers that he's not willing to perform himself. And right. that was in reference to Sadius's unwillingness to be a bridgeman, basically unwillingness to do that most dangerous of jobs. Yeah. And, uh, you know, um, so I thought that was well, well put, uh, obviously. You know between- that, um, we know that, we uh, know that Gavel, uh, that, uh, sorry, Dalinar broke readiness. Mm-hmm. Um, the night that Gavilar died, because he was completely like loaded and completely loaded. His brother, so and remember his? Uh, we we found out last uh, episode that uh, Galabar told him like, you know, follow the codes tonight. Mm-hmm. Follow so. the codes, and then he didn't. Uh, the officer will be prepared at all times for battle. Never drunken on wine. Never without his weaponry. That would yeah. be. I would read that, and I would. I would have to bow. I would have graciously have to. Uh, Join the, the sorry. I w- I'll be joining the king's drunken army over here. Yeah, occasionally the, uh, led by uh, led by Jackie Chan from Drunken Master. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's mm. so good. Um, but uh, Adeline uh, has to abide by restraint, right? Because he wants to duel everybody all the time, and it says the officer <laughs> will refrain from needless duels. Adeline's <laughs> like, God damn the codes, man! I just want to duel people all the time. Uh, the officer will wear his uniform in public, ready uh, for war, mm-hmm. and to give strength to his troops. So um, that's interesting inspiration. And then last, uh, the last of the these Alethi codes of war, as listed just before chapter sixteen, is honor. Mm-hmm. The officer yeah. will not abandon allies on the field. 
And boy, did we ever get to see that in chapter 17, but we'll get there. Yeah. Um, damn. damn. Um, so I wanted to point something out here. Remember we talked about how um, earlier in the book, um, um, Kaladin says the word soulcaster, right? Yes. Yeah. And then we, the next chapter, um, we get a, a brief explanation of what a soulcaster is from a, shal- a Shalon uh, um, chapter. Mm-hmm. And then the next chapter after that, we actually get to see Yasna use the soulcaster. Yes. So I feel like this here with these Alethi codes is kind of the same thing. We get mention of it before. We get to see the actual codes now in chapter 16, like literally written in front of us mm-hmm. on some kind of painting or tapestry, I would think. And then in uh, chapter 17, like you said, we'll get there later. But we get to see one of the most important ones um, in action, yeah. like in action. Yeah. So I feel mm-hmm. like there's this almost this like three step reveal with uh, Sanderson. And I don't know if like I, I, maybe this has already been talked about <laughs> on another podcast or another or whatever. But I, I feel like he uses this uh, three or four step reveal in his books a lot. And I really, really like it. Yeah, it's it's really great. Um, I, again, it's it brings um clarity to things previously discussed um and then it also gives you something else to reference going forward so in chapter 17 having having read the the codes here when certain behaviors were happening in chapter 17 it's nice to reference it here so very very cool so yeah um, it's really neat now no quote chapter 16 no quote because this is a flashback right right flashbacks are seemingly not uh, without quotes. So Cocoons takes place uh, seven and a half years ago. We're dealing with mm. uh, Kaladin. His dad wants him to go to Carbranth to become a surgeon. Yeah, he's um, young Kaladin. Like, this is the uh, the young Sheldon of the Way of Kings uh, uh, story. Yeah, this, <laughs> this is young Sheldon. This is 12-year-old yeah, this is the, Kaladin and, and his little yeah. brother Tien. Uh, this is 10-year-old Tien. And we meet mm-hmm. a female named Laurel. Yeah. Um, and she has golden black hair, bright pale mm-hmm. green eyes, and they really go for the eyes description in this. So yeah, she looks so unusual. And again, the golden black hair. But there's another character that has golden black hair. Yeah. Um, Who? this was in a, in a previous chapter. It was Adeline. It's Adeline. Yeah, Adeline has golden black hair. Hmm. Mm. So he's I got was... blonde hair with streaks of black in it, I believe. Mm. Yeah. Um, and she's got golden streaks and long black hair. Golden streaks, yeah, yeah. So, so it's kind of like the opposite. So this was kind of an, an interesting chapter. Um, uh, they're on top of uh, a ridge uh, of boulders facing the east of Hearthstone, which is where Kaladin is from. It's a smaller, smaller uh, town. Um, and they're they're picking through the rocks um, for different things. The the younger brother is just sort of amusing himself at the moment, and mm-hmm. I think he and Laurel are having a conversation, um, the top of this ridge kind of thing. And yeah, um, like like the, the, the he paints kind of a scene, right? Like the, there's like these fields of um, of farmland, and like it's it's kind of a plant. beautiful scene. Mm, a planting of of uh, lavish polyps. Mm-hmm. they're overlooking and then and then it gets discussed about the calling of a farmer versus the calling of a soldier paladin's father right. preferred the calling of a farmer um, right they say that the ardents um when the ardents ride through 
um, Hearthstone, they talk about how important uh, farmers are uh, to the whole like um, like Vorn belief or whatever. It's there's a lot mm. of honor, honor in farming, uh, almost second most to the soldiers who have who gain the most honor. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And then Laurel drops a bomb for me, anyways, as a reader, because she says, "Don't you want to become a light eyes, win a shard mm-hmm. blade?" And I was like, "What?" <laughs> yeah, is that is that how it works? I thought this was a birthright only thing that you have. You have light eyes. You have that's just a birth thing. Are you um? Are you one of the boys that they meet later? Asking me uh, as Cal whether or not it's true in the world, or you know they say, uh, "Hey, Cal, you know stuff, right?" Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Is exactly. that what you're saying right now? Hey, well, Sean, you know stuff, right? Yeah, you know stuff, right? Well, I mean, I I wasn't really. I don't think I'm. I don't think it's been discussed clearly. That's a well, possibility. Is, so far, this is the, the first time it comes up. Okay, good. Because so, I was yeah. so for me as a first time reader, like I my jaw hit the floor when I was reading that. I went, "What? That's yeah, how it is." Like you mean to tell me that even a slave can become a light eye? He spends like the first part of the book telling you about how much there is this like class structure between the two, right? Yes. And now he's telling you that there's a way that one can jump into the other. Hmm. So as, as a reader, I became very excited about, about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, they describe Laurel's eyes as the color of life itself. Mm-hmm. I wrote that down. I thought that was kind of neat. Yeah, they're bright, pale green. Mm-hmm. Clearly, Kaladin has feelings for Laurel. We, we know that. Yeah, and, and I think she has feelings for him, too. Oh, yeah. Well, the, no doubt, because this is one of my favorite little things. It comes a little bit later, I think, in my notes. But um, uh, hang on now. Thought it was early on. Let's see here. That must be a bit later in my notes, but I, I think it's when she she asks him, she asks Kaladin for his hand to help her down, and he's like, "You're the better climber. Right. You do? I don't need to help you." And and she's like, "It's because it's polite, stupid." Yeah. Something yeah. Like exactly. This. Yeah. And yeah. uh, I, I just I thought that was a cute uh, cute little exchange between those two. And again, I mean, these are very young kids. These are. 12 year old kids right so yeah exactly um, yeah she seems she seems pretty upset that he's like getting back to the whole does she like him back mm-hmm. she seems pretty upset about him going to Carbrant for surgery she mm-hmm. really wants him to go to war and win a shard blade to become a light eye can become yeah. a light eyes she's completely convinced that he can do it right um why do you think she wants that um well that's a good question his Paladin's father is the surgeon. It mentions that the surgeon and her father, who is the city lord of Hearthstone, that uh, yeah, bright lord Wistio, Wistio. So he, so they're okay friends. Um, mm-hmm. Why would she want? I mean, other than maybe joining with marriage, I don't. But I don't know why their two houses would join if one's not a bright eyes and one's a dark eyes. You know, yeah, uh, even even though they're the second non. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't know. I think it's maybe because she sees something in Kaladin that maybe he doesn't see. There's there's another thing here that she says. She tells uh, Cal that her father, and clearly she believes it too, mm-hmm. that light eyes and dark eyes have a noble heritage here in Alfkar. Like, mm-hmm. there's a lot to be said about light eyes and how amazing they are, and like the dark eyes are like you know like a lower class. But she's trying to say that you know what both have a very noble her- noble heritage. 
And she's like, that's mm-hmm. why we as uh, like uh, we uh, Alefi have like the best soldiers like Brightlor Sadius and Amaram and King Galavar. So she's like trying to lift up the dark eyes a little bit here in the statement, I think, mm-hmm. or show at least that she doesn't mind too much. Mm-hmm. Even though she's a bright eyes or a, 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 a light eyes, I like it that um, she um, um, sort of brings a bit of like levity to uh, Kaladin, like bringing him out of his melancholy. But mm-hmm. but but who really pulls him out of that is is his brother, right? Um, that's it's a little weird, eh? That Cal has a little bit of this like melancholy depression, maybe. Um, well, I, I think it's I think it's clear. It's because he. He feels drawn to the life of a soldier. He right. talks about these characters. He already knows at that age, Amaram and, mm. and Sadius. He already knows. And um, in and- past um, flashback episodes, we got his interest in the art of fighting and, right. and war and like and all that and, and, and uh, fighting for honor and all that stuff. He already made that pl- clear. So, right. So he's a very conflicted character. And of course, his father is saying, look, you know, I'm a surgeon, so you're going to be a surgeon. And he, and he, right. and he lists all these other friends of his, you know, his friends, a carpenter, his dad's a carpenter. And now he's going to be a carpenter. Mm-hmm. I, think, I mean, it, I just find it funny that it's TN, it TN's doing for him here that still does for him later. Right. Mm-hmm. I like that uh, they mention uh, the origin is out there. Yeah. I wrote that down. Uh, and I know that as they're looking eastward there, I mean, Kaladin notices snarl brush growing around in dense thickets around the bases of uh, these Markle trees, these stout Markle mm-hmm. trees. And they, and they look dead. But then he remembered that when you, uh, and I think that he he waters uh, one of them. Um, yeah. And then it starts to grow green, and it sort of reminded him that that it's just waiting for the next storm, right? To bring new life. Yeah, there's this. Um, I uh, where's this thing here that I had? I think it was in the info dump that I put it in. It's um, it says that the uh, uh, the storms rule the land, mm-hmm. meaning like even the shrubbery, the uh, the people and the fauna all have to um like obey to its will yeah, and yeah, so yeah. that means the plant life has to adjust and learn how to survive during a high storm mm-hmm. it's really really cool and so it, it it appears dead much like how we see kaladin later on uh going through all of these uh these uh harsh trials right being a slave right being a part of bridge four and it can't get any right. worse than this all this i yeah. mean it's kind of like being, being a storm brush. like you're weathered you're worn you're you're you're, you're dead you're a husk you're you're um, you've got nothing, but really you're just waiting for the next storm to bring you new life. Yeah, exactly. So um, I thought that was really cool. Kaladin felt that by being a soldier, he felt that he could, in that role, he could change things. Mm-hmm. So I like that. Um, yeah, he felt like a, a power behind it, right? Mm-hmm. He said at times with his melancholy that it was hard to care about anything. These dreary feelings felt like a black eel coiled up inside of him. And I wrote mm-hmm. down, ew. That's, that's, uh, that's, <laughs> ew, that's <laughs> super ew. That's, that's gross. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I know, and I was curious about these snarl, these snarl brushes, the horticulturalist in me. Um, these snarl brushes are coated in stone. Their branches are thick as a man's leg. Um, I thought that was a yeah. neat, uh, a neat description again, very creative in, in this world building. Yeah. Like the stuff. 
I'm a, I'm a big fan of like the flora and fauna in this world and just mm. like the how different it is and like trying to wrap your mind around what it really looks like. There's a description and there are drawings of certain things in the books, but uh, sometimes you have to like come up with it on your own, right? It's neat. They go hunting for lurgs. So in an mm-hmm. effort to sort of uh, get his brother um, uh, sort of busy with something, they, they, they look for lurgs, these little creatures mm-hmm. that rest in the crevices of these rocks. Yeah. And, um, So they, they come across uh, a patch, this sort of like white silky sort of stuff, isn't it? Like, yeah, it's like a um, like a spider web almost. Mm. Like threads, uh, and it makes a cocoon. And they and they pour water on it, and the and the cocoon um, dissolves. Dissolves. Yeah. yeah. So the cocoon melts away, and then revealing the creature, a brownish and green skinned creature. It's got yeah, the it's legs. Like a- and- it begins hopping around and they begin sort of chasing it. But but really, it's this cocoon. It was waiting for this uh, simulated rainwater. So again, it's like the nature of the world is waiting for the storm in order to be able to yeah. react or grow or go to the next phase of life. So in this cocoon state, it's the storm that allows for the next transition. Yeah, it's crazy. So I thought that was really thematic, of course. Um, For sure. I did write down my my note about Laurel saying, uh, when she's offering her hand, it's polite, stupid. And the polite thing goes back even earlier to the polite conversation between the other characters, right? So so I'm connecting little little dots there. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a through line in politeness. I love it. It's so cool. <laughs> um, surgeons and Carbranth won't take anyone before their 16th weeping. We knew that. Yeah. Oh, I like this note. Wrote this down. Carbranth, uh, because it specializes in teaching surgeons, of which Kaladin, of course, is wrestling with this whole thing. He, you know, do I go yeah. and become a surgeon or do I come or do I become a, a soldier and go against my father's wishes? Carbranth has more hospitals than taverns. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, that's cool. That's really that's really interesting. Just to yeah. to show the, the very yeah, it's not focus uh, of the town of the city. Right? Yeah, it's very unusual. Hmm. Uh, Kaladin wants to travel. He's got a, yep. a bit of a travel bug. It's not just blood and war and murder or anything like that. It's he wants. To, he's heard about these enormous crustaceans. He's heard yeah. about these eels that sing. Um, yeah. And the cities, Ral, Elorim, Elorim, the city of shadows, Kurt, yeah. the city of lightning. He's he's got this crazy curiosity, which is uh, these these two cities sound like uh, cities you would have had in your D anD D campaign. Oh yeah, I, actually, I'm I'm, like, I'm I'm I might steal them, Brandon. I feel like Anderson, should, I, you can't you can't take all the great titles. Yeah, I feel it, like we should we really need to lean into this whole uh, talk about Stormlight Archive through D anD D because it's all through it. Like to ignore it mm-hmm. would is a is a shame. Like it's. Mm-hmm. Like it's totally a D and D setting. Well, it it it's uh, it's very easy to imagine it, and with the world building that he's doing, um, yeah, I mean, uh, I would certainly love some of the powers that are described in this series to be yeah. parts of the D and D game, and I'm sure other people are doing it. And if you are doing it, please yeah. let us know. Yeah, um, because so, send it be- over and share it with us. Mm-hmm. Um, let's so, discuss so, so the Laurel and Kaladin okay. get called over. Yeah. Laurel, uh, Laurel and Kaladin get called over by, um, by some other older boys. Right. Um, okay. Yeah. Just, just before that though, 
Um, or no, no, no. Let's 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 jump around. I was just going to mention about the creme, uh, the sludgy brown material in the water. But um, yeah, that's right. And it's uh, they use it to make pottery. Yes, which I thought that was cool. Um, and again, like it all sinks uh, to the bottom, and then they pour to- the water out. They can drink the water, and then the creme they use to make pottery. Yeah, so that the, that the creme is in the water itself. You have to let the water sit for a day and then drink it. And yeah. then they use the creme. Powder. I just I thought that was such a nice little again and and a just a, a, and a sort of a world building descriptive uh, kind of uh, thing. So I I wrote that down as one of my one of my little things. Were the void bringers yeah, behind the destruction here? Because because they're looking at these rocks, right? So they're so they're mm-hmm. thinking what what broke these rocks. Right. And was it the void bringers or the shades of the lost radiance? And then Liren had said, this is his, his dad, had said that no ship had sailed for the origin of storms and returned. Right. Or returned well. So yeah. this is all kind of what he's thinking about, uh, I guess, in his melancholy sort of thing. And then it's... um. It's a big, huge ocean, right? Hmm. And and there's stuff going on. <laughs> da, da, da. Da, da. And least of which are the concerns of hearth, or among the concerns of the men and women of uh, Hearthstone are complaining about worms. Right. Right. So worms, worms, worms. Yeah, that's a that's a huge thing in this um, in these fields, right? These fields, the, um, yeah, they have to deworm these plants, mm-hmm. and it takes many many times over throughout the season, throughout the growth season, to get these worms out of there. Right, um, it's a heavy, laborious sort of um, process, and <laughs> I loved I loved it that uh, that in Hearthstone, you just you can't go anywhere without somebody complaining or griping about about having to. The worm the crops yeah yeah exactly um yeah the um the lavis polis are like brown they grow like melons and they're filled with grain mm-hmm, i know weird, you're right? i know it's weird it's great but the uh, if they like melons it, may, it must be because the grain can't grow any other way it right. has to grow in a protective shell of a, like a, a melon so that the, 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 the storm the yeah. yeah 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 it's just too intense Gotta have that shell. You can imagine wheat. Imagine wheat stocks like surviving one of these high storms. It'd be impossible, right? So Kaladin's like, "Yo, uh, sorry, ho, Jost!" When he overhears these <laughs> these boys, and the yeah. and when these when these other lads are talking and whatnot, it's it's the gal, it's Laurel that goes down, but she doesn't engage with them. She sits on a rock. Yeah. So then, so then Kaladin goes down. He's like, "Oh, oh, oh, uh, Jost, what's?" Um, yeah, he doesn't even want to go down you? there, but he's just following her. Yeah, he's following her, and he goes up to the fourteen-year-old, which is the oldest, and he says, "Why aren't you yeah, worming?" So the boys, the boys' names are Jost and Jest. They're mm-hmm. brothers, mm-hmm. and then there's Mord, uh, Lift, Nagat, and Cav, or Cov. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's just some random kids who are. They're supposed to be uh, working on the fields today, but they they're not. And Cal asks him, like, why, like, why aren't you guys, like, working? He realizes, uh, I shouldn't have said it like that. Shouldn't have said yeah, it like that. Because they're looking at him like, like no, yeah, why aren't you working? Because you? you're, you're, yeah, you're yeah. Mr. Surgeon, uh, learning yeah. your biology and bones yeah. and inner. They thing. hate him. Like, they hate him so well, much, they're just, right? They're like, jealous, a little bit of contempt. Oh, yeah. They're outside toiling in the sun all day, worming sun, and yeah. doing things like yeah. this, right? So And he just has to, like, you know, sit around in the, the his dad's parts, yeah. surgery lab and, like, to literally learn every single thing about the human body. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
they mentioned that mm. um that he's not real dark eyes like us right mm-hmm. or that they imply that when he, they say mm. something like us mm-hmm. no is it true that uh a, dark eyes like us could become light eyes if we want a sword mm. and cal's like he he doesn't mean me right because he's literally like two nons above them and that's too high above it's like two <laughs> you're, you're just too high class buddy sorry in the Voran kingdoms, it says that everyone has a chance to rise. Mm-hmm. And then Joss' father apparently had a shard blade taken from him in a battle in the yeah. north with the Reshi raiders. Well, he tells uh, in the, the story, waste right? skirmishes. Yeah, so he's telling the story about this, and then and then it's Laurel that's like, "Yeah, right, that didn't happen." She, she starts laughing. She starts laughing. Yeah. So and then this gets uh, Joss angry, and then. Uh, Kaladin steps in to defend, uh, I guess, Laurel in a way like, you know, perhaps you overheard it wrong with your dad. Perhaps your dad was confused. And then that just sets Jost off. He's like, nope, let's uh, let, let's let's duke this out. So we're going to fight. So he tosses uh, Cal a quarter staff yeah. and they're going to yeah, I like this. They're going to get it out. Um, and they start. And, and Cal, Cal gets his ass kicked. Let's say it. Let's not be. Oh, yeah. uh, no doubt let's about not, it. Let's not uh, uh, try to like, you know, uh, cushion it for our hero oh, here. No, nope. <laughs> he gets his ass kicked. But uh, he loves it. Well, he gets his out. Yeah, but he also, I think he, did he not land a good blow or no? Yeah, he lands a, he lands a couple of shots. And yeah. those are the, it's like, you know, when I tell, when we talk about golf sometimes and I say, you know, you can go out and shoot horrible the whole day, but you shoot one good shot and that makes you go back the next time. This is it. He goes out here and swings that quarter staff around. Mm-hmm. He gets one or two good shots in and he's all like, you know what? I'm, I'm hooked. I got to do this again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, he's hooked. But Laurel walked away. Yeah, she walks away, and that's when he ends up losing the fight. She's unimpressed. This is totally cool. You mentioned earlier about how everything has to shape to these uh, to these storms, these high storms, mm-hmm. right? So that also extends to the buildings. It describes here yeah. Hearthstone at the end that they were wedge shaped in rows, and yeah, I, I like this. And I wrote that down like, wow! Like you even have to make the buildings to be able to withstand. And it, yeah, it actually it. Reminded me a little bit of Iceland when I was in Iceland a couple of years ago. And they, they, they mentioned uh, to us about that um, as well with regards to that landscape. So again, cold, heavy winds, this sort of thing. Yeah. They can't have their buildings designed, you know, in the exact same ways uh, that, that we do. As maybe other places, yeah. Correct. So, so they, a lot of the buildings in Iceland are box, box shaped. Um, and just, just quite simply, it it could have something to do with cost, but it has mostly to do with that. It's, it's the environment that sort of demands this. That's really cool. Yeah, it was cool. I mean, I mean, they they do have a lot of classic buildings down there too. Um, in the main, um, we were in Reykjavik and, Mm -hmm. uh, and looking around, but a lot of repair is required on those buildings too. Right. Right. So it, it just, it just reminded me of, uh, of that when i when i read that so that was uh so that was neat yeah they they mentioned too that the northern and southern sides don't have windows but the western side where the storm doesn't hit directly is Mm -hmm. all windows all windows Mm -hmm. so there's light Mm -hmm. which is crazy to think that one one side of a house has all windows it's just Mm -hmm. windows and the other ones don't Yeah. yeah this is where they said this is where that line is that the lives of men were dominated by the high storm like literally they have to adapt to it so much so that their culture has changed 
into surviving the high storms. Mm-hmm. Everything about it, their food, the way they live, mm-hmm. the way they, you know, everything is just all dominated by it. I, I love that line. And then, of course, we find out at the wow. very end, the big event is that City Lord Wistio yes. has died. Yeah, there's a scene where, like, um, after Laurel leaves while Cal's fighting, he sees that there's some people coming to meet her. Some of her like servants, some of her house people or whatever, um, they're coming to meet her. So that's when she's going to find out, you know, and then he goes back home after getting his butt kicked and his dad's there and his dad tells him, like, you think he says he's um, Wistio has been carried by the winds. Mm-hmm. He was always frail. Um, Liren said he did as much as possible. And he throws this little jab that maybe someone with better skill than I could have done something like I think it's a little bit of like, you know. If you were fully trained, you probably would have done something because he said that Cal's got more talent than he does. You know, he's smarter than him at that stuff. Mm-hmm. So I think this was just a little slip. It wasn't a dig, but maybe it was a little bit of like, uh, you know, someone better than me could have done it. And then and Cal then he, Cal knows that his yeah. fate has been sealed, right? So right um, because Bright Lord Wistio um, had, I guess, requested it be done that he's was. Yeah, he left. You know the goblet of di- of uh, spheres that he has yeah. in the surgery room. Yeah, he, he has them there to uh, to light up the room, so he has mm-hmm. really good lighting to to, uh, to 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 do his surgery. Right, and that was on loan from the the mansion from High Bright Lord Wistio, mm-hmm. and so Wistio, in his like dying wishes, mm-hmm. he, I think he says. Um, this is the, it was, this was the city lord's last act to care for his people was to see you trained in Carbranth. And then it just, okay. that, that's like almost devastating news to Cal. He's just like, yeah, my, my fate has been sealed. If, uh, if, if Wistio has demanded it and I will be going to Carbranth, you know? Yeah. So, and, and uh, he just doesn't, that just doesn't sit well with him. He, um, he says that the quarter, the quarter staff sings to him. Mm. And all I could think about when I read that part this time, all I could think about, and this is how daddy, this is how daddy I am now, is um, <laughs> all I could think about was Moana. He calls me. <laughs> what a great, Moana what a great movie. Yeah, that's, that's, deep it goes. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's like, you know, Cal breaks out into yeah, like, breaks out how into... far I'll go from Moana. Yeah. <laughs> Um, oh, so yeah, that's the end of the t- chapter. What's your um, what's your highlight for this one? Um, you know, I didn't outline one. Hmm. Um, it was kind of a short hmm. chapter. Short chapter. Um, flashback. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, that's a good question. I didn't really think to prepare a a highlight for this chapter. But that's if, okay, you don't have to have if one. If I every had time. to pick one, um, maybe chapters aren't necessarily worthy of highlights. Uh, maybe they have to be maybe, worthy of them. Maybe what stood out to me. Um, hmm. I guess. I guess what I what I took from it in terms of cocoon is. Um, all life is in a, a state of of being in a cocoon uh, and transition, and it and it is the storms of life that get you there. Mm-hmm. So it's when yeah. things are hard, it gets you there. So I think that that was that's my highlight is that the from the snarl uh, the snarl brush uh, coming alive, even though it seems like a dead thing, 
um, to the Lurg that uh, when the simulated rainwater was poured on it, it uh, knew yeah. it knew it was time to come out of his cocoon and and jump around and and go from from rock to rock. Um, yeah. And then Kaladin, of course, he's in a he's in a transition. He needs the storm to bring about his uh, his transition, his uh, his change. Yeah, um, I I like that. That's great. I um my my highlight is like the like we said earlier the um the description of the flora and fauna. I just love that stuff. I think it's really cool, and it gives um it gives each chapter breath when we find out like more about the surroundings, what everything looks like, and. You know, I'm glad that I wasn't explained everything at the beginning. I like this, like you know, little um, crumb trail of of goodness that we get. Mm. Mm-hmm. So, chapter seventeen. Seventeen. Okay, this little a bloody meteor. red oh. sunset. A bloody Sunday, Sunday bloody red sunset. <laughs> uh, Sunday bloody Sunday. Do we get? Uh, do we get a quote in this one? Um, we do, we do, we do the, I, a very small one, yeah. I didn't make a note about it because I, again, pretty, pretty cryptic. Um, you know, if we want to read it, um, well, here it's, um, it. might I be quite frank before you asked why I was so concerned? It is for the following reason. Hmm, that's it, that's it. Well, that's probably why I didn't make a note of it because that was just a little cryptic for me, so. And the following uh, reason right away is still going, he's old. Yeah, he's old. <laughs> so again, I wrote I wrote this down right away. My first note is that, okay, so so Sil and Kaladin are in the apothecary. So we're back now yeah. into our continuing our adventures uh, with these characters um, as yeah. we have been so far. He's old, really old. You sure he's not decay spren wearing a man's skin? I <laughs> just hilarious. So there's a this poor yeah. apothecary, and and of course Brandon, Mister Sanderson, in the way that he so descriptively and maybe a little bit cruelly describes this apothecary, as his skin is full of chasms, uh, as the shattered planes themselves. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. this poor guy, dude. This poor guy. I mean, this guy needs some moisturizer. Oh yeah, he's just been eviscerated. He needs that uh, that stuff you buy at like the uh, like the hardware store for like cracked hands and stuff. That's what this guy needs. <laughs> um, so yeah, you know, apothecaries walking the lines between herbalists and surgeons. They have an arcane air, uh, cloth mm-hmm. lift wards, cryptic patterns, rows of jars, human skeletons, uh, garnet spheres. It smelled of antiseptic. And then he offers mm. he offers them uh, a love potion. Would you uh, uh, would, would would you like some kind of a a, a a potion or something like this for um, to affect one of the ladies in in the camps? And uh, and then Sil pipes up. Oh, I got a good idea. You sh- you should get that to Gaz <laughs> because he needs to like you more. And like Kelvin's like, uh, no, I love this. That's not what. No, that's not happening. What a what a good one! That is so funny. It's just typical Sil. I mean, again, I love the playfulness of these characters. That's it's why I so yeah. want this on the on the on. It's the like screen. she, it's like she can start like understanding really complex thoughts, and then all of a sudden oh, gets a love potion wrong. A po- uh, well, Gaz, he's been giving you trouble, right? So we should we should you, you guys should get along. <laughs> you want him to like you more? Yeah, yeah. this is perfect. <laughs> Perfect solution, right? I can just imagine still doing that on her own, oh, and then Gaz like gets all horny for for yeah. Cal. Yeah, oh, dude, Kaladin, so funny. Kaladin's mom uh, put great stock in Glyphords, and 
um, into uh, some of these superstitions. Mm -hmm. um, Kaladin is just there for bandages, though. He wants bandages, a flask of lister oil, maybe some knobweed sap, uh, needle and gut. Yeah. Um, and he, he does not want the ch a charm versus evil, though. <laughs> this no, guy tries to no. sell him a charm against evil. Yeah. Hey, uh, you need a charm versus evil? Versus evil? No, yeah. <laughs> I got two of them. This guy should have a wagon out on the street instead of an actual <laughs> proper shop. Hey, you want to buy an S? You want you want to <laughs> buy an S? That guy was super creepy. Want to buy an S guy? You want to buy creepy. a? You want to buy a T? A T? Is that T? Okay. Uh, Larmic mucus is what the apothecary offers Kaladin. Kaladin's like, well, no, I didn't ask for that. But the right. but the apothecary makes it's a good cheaper. point. It's cheaper. You're you're a bridgeman. Not as effective, but it's cheaper. He's like, all right, I'll yeah. I'll take the mucus. He can't um, even. No, he can't even afford that. No. Yeah, that's right. You can't even afford the mucus. It's too expensive. Too expensive. All of it's expensive. Yeah, that it's was at two blood marks for the bottle, and I'm pretty sure blood marks is uh, ruby marks because they're mm -hmm. the red ones, so they'll call them blood marks. So yeah, he can't even afford that. Isn't it, isn't it amazing that even a simple transaction, uh, you know, I'm trying to buy some bandages for my for yeah. my bridge crew. Like I'm I'm gonna do right by them. I need a few supplies. You can't do it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's already that you're 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 going to an apothecary as opposed to a surgeon. A surgeon would charge a bridgeman even more. Mm -hmm. you know, and if if he had went to a, if he had went to a surgeon um, as a light eyes or as a soldier, right, he would have been charged very cheap, way less, way less. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But because he's a he's a uh, uh, a lowly bridgeman, he has to resort to these apothecaries um right right which costs more you can't put he, a price um, on a person's life this gets brought up so so all three of these like knobweed sap larmic mucus and lister oil they all pretty much do the same thing at like varying degrees of effectiveness or whatever it's uh they're antiseptics right and um uh, but they all cost different and <laughs> poor cal can't like uh, afford any of them he's like what do you mean i can't afford these Knobweed sap. I've seen knobweed sap uh, out in the fields. Like I yeah. see the stalks all the time. And he's like, "Do you know how many you can get out of that?" He's like, "You can get one drop per stalk if you're lucky." Yeah. And and it, Cal's just super defeated. He's just like, "Oh God, really?" Yeah. No. Um. And not only is he defeated uh, from the response from the apothecary, but he's also um, when he goes to pay, he's looking at his spheres and he's like, "Oh man, this isn't good." Mm -hmm. oh he's like and then the apothecary is like what are you trying to pull here are you trying to give me some done spheres these rundown spheres right. and yeah. again again it's another thing from from gaz it's like you know not only does he can't afford it but now it looks like gaz has given him some bum some bum spheres. right yeah or so we thought because hmm. that's my dude moment that i had Oh, is that this is the dude moment? Maybe we can save it because I think that my dude moment is confirmed later on in the text. So okay, so we can we can kind of sit on it for a bit and yeah, we can sit on for a bit. But so basically, he's got these he's got these uh, um, these um, sorry, what are they called? The um, spheres, spheres, yeah, and they are they don't seem to be as bright as they should be. 
and certainly not. Mm, they're done actually, which means they, right, they're they done, which means they're actually, yeah, they don't have any light in them at all. Hmm. Now, there's and still worse Cal's like, amount, but. Cal, Cal says to the apothecary, like, can I keep the one that's glowing? Because, you know, they always, they say, always keep a glowing sphere in your pocket. It's mm -hmm. good luck. So he ends up convincing the apothecary. Apothecary checks the other ones and says, okay, yeah, these are real. Um, a bit like his mom, eh? A little bit superstitious. Yeah. yeah. He, um, and then so, yeah, he leaves. We can, we'll get back to that other stuff later, right? Okay. Um, I know you're, you're chomping at the bit to talk about it, but like right. you said, yeah, it, it comes back later. So. Okay, it comes back. Yeah. Uh, it, you know, again, mentioned that there's 100,000 troops in the Alethi camps. Uh, yeah. Calvin's observations, he's looking around and seeing, like, I, I thought it would be one king's army unified, and it's not. It's right. you got these high princes, they're at rivals, they're against each other. The the soldiers from one camp don't dare go into this, you know, one of the other camps. Um, yeah. Unless you have a purpose there and, and all this sort of thing. It's just. But he does something cool here, right? He like, um, he leaves the apothecaries and he decides to go like hang out in the mess hall. Mm -hmm. and he just hangs out there and like listens to people talk. And then he learns a bunch of stuff. Mm -hmm. And like, he learns the stuff that we learned last chapter. He learns all the stuff about the great shells and the chrysalis mm -hmm. and the gem hearts and kind of like why they're out there and why they're fighting. Mm -hmm. Like we, we were in the dark and then we met these characters who brought us into the light, right. the illuminating light. Mm -hmm. And um, Cal and then now is Cal is oh yeah, and he says he's like I, you know I sh I should have known this already, but I was complacent. Mm -hmm. I should have already learned what was like my situation was instead of being sad about it kind of thing. Sill says people are discord. Mm -hmm. You all act differently and all think differently. There's no harmony in people. Yeah, no two of you can agree on anything. Right. He's and like maybe that's why you want to kill each other all the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then Cal's like, you know, you're not like other Spren. And mm. then she's like, yeah, that's why it bothers me so much. Mm. This this reminds me of a I'm watching this. I'm watching this uh, television show called um, The Dragon Prince. Mm -hmm. yeah, and it's, it's a brilliant little series. And in it, there's a character. There's there are these moon shadow elves. And one of these elves is doing an impression of a human being while going into town and she's like hi i'm a hi i'm a human i'm i like talking about <laughs> money and starting wars and complaining all the time <laughs> you know and it's just yeah. it's funny because <laughs> it's it struck me that when sills observations there i find those two characters very similar in some ways the way that they approach things yeah and uh and Sill is just, you know, calling it like it is, like looking looking at human behavior on a surface level and saying, yeah, like this this doesn't really work. Like you guys don't work. Yeah. This doesn't function. Yeah, exactly. Um, so um but he um yeah, he it's uh, I, I like I personally really like this stuff. This is my favorite moments in this whole book is when Cal and Sill are talking hmm. and like we're like learning more about sill but we're also learning more about cal because mm -hmm. like sill is like kind of like questioning him on what he thinks about stuff so we learn what he thinks about stuff because sill's inquisitive right i um i don't know these are my some of my favorite moments in the the whole series is uh between cal and sill mm -hmm. soul casting um happens at night keeping the holy rites mm -hmm. from um being witnessed by any crying eyes eye, yeah gardens yeah. and high-ranking light eyes i thought that was neat um and i think that that's it other than when he gets back he's kind of getting prepared for, yeah. for duty and then of course i think the horns blare yeah 
And he gets back, and then they um, the um, the bell lunch like afternoon bell goes off. Mm-hmm. So the bell means that if you are on duty this afternoon, you're on call now. As of the bell, you better be back here, and you're on call. And so now you have to wait for the horns. And if the mm-hmm. horn sounds once, remember we already did. We I think we already went through this. The horn sounds once; it means something. And the, if the horn sounds again, that means yeah. you got to go. Right. And so he screams. Yeah. It, it sounds again, and. There we go. So he tells you know his troops to line up, which yep. kind of listen, but kind of not. I think is <laughs> they, they both yeah they mostly <laughs> ignore him. They mostly, they, they mostly yeah. Oh my yeah. god! Again, right? It's just how are we, when are we going to get anywhere with this character? Like it's just so hard. Yeah. Like everything it's is tough. hard. Yeah, yeah he, it's, it's, he's it's trying, so he's, tough. He's trying to prove himself in the previous chapter. He was picks mm-hmm. up the plank. He's doing that. He's doing the thing. Uh, he's trying yeah. to he's trying to pay for something that he was, can't afford. That last it. chapter, that last chapter was this morning to him, right? I know he yeah. did that in the morning. Yeah. Then he went out and had lunch and went to the apothecary, and now mm-hmm. he's going on a bridge run. So he's literally already worn himself tired mm-hmm. before mm-hmm. he even goes on a bridge run. Mm-hmm. But and but just before the horns blew, he's like, "Well, I, I, could, I could probably do some stretches or get some lunges in or something," and then. Yeah, <laughs> and then the horn goes. So he's just uh, he's on another level. Well, I much prefer this Kaladin to the one um, debating That's about like jumping into and, the chasm. Yeah, like me too. You know, like, At least he's trying. At least the poor guy's trying. Um, um, but each man, they talk a little bit here about uh, the placement on the bridge. And like how they carry and stuff. And they say that each man gets a chance to ride at the front and then at the back. So if you end up riding at the front on a bridge run and you survive, you get to ride at the back the next time. Yeah. Like that's your prize. Yeah. You survived. You get to go again, but in a, a slightly less, yeah. more safe place. <laughs> yeah. um, though I love this line, wrote this down. Um, yeah. So Kaladin's position, safe, but. Like a moldy crust on a starving man's plate. Not the first bite, but still doomed. Um, <laughs> yeah, so that was yeah. an interesting description, but that's not the one I wrote down. What I wrote down was, though many hated their lives, they still clung yeah. to them with white-knuckled fervor. Right. So even though, like, it's, well, because it's, it's either, it's either you're going to go to the chasm and jump in or, you know, commit suicide or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. It's either you're going to jump into the abyss and you're going to get on with it. Yeah. Meaning if, if you they, truly they are, they if, have an abyss, right? If you truly are done with your life, that's what happens. You, you, right. you jump into the abyss, but it's amazing that even though you hate your life, you, you still cling to it with white knuckled fever. That is also yeah, true. Really cool. of, that's true of humanity. Yeah, that's true in in our world. That's true in any world. Um, you people, you know, fight or flight, right? You you um, you want to survive no matter what. Whether that means running away, that means fighting back. Um, you you will like these men will literally, and this is the thing for them too, is that this rotation thing. Mm. It's everything for them. Mm. Like it's like it's a saving grace, right? Like you're mm. like maybe I'll actually run at the back today, and if I run at the back today, I might survive, and. You know, we know that these guys only have a certain amount of times, right? Like they have a, they're like NFL players. They have a really short life. Like they're only going to be in the league for a couple of years. Right, right. You know what I mean? So, That's funny. Yeah. Rockbuds, spewing um, vines, flowering branzas, trickle tacks, yeah. and a lot more descriptions here of the, the flora. Um, yeah. 
Kaladin so, gets to ride up front because he's the bridge leader. And then Kaladin, when they get yeah. to the final mm-hmm. leg, he's going to switch to the back. So he's going to have a cushy place. He's going to have a cushy place. Yeah, that's what happens to the bridge leaders. Uh, that's, their, right. that's their privilege for being a bridge leader. So that's what they get to do. Um, now, mm-hmm. on the way over, though, before before they get to battle, let's say, before they get into harm's way or potential harm's way, yeah. um, he decides to stand when they drop the bridge and let the armies over. And, and when he stands, yeah. several several soldiers pass him by. And I really like this is that he debates about whether or not to stand or not. And then and then he he says, well, I've, I've done it once, so I've set a precedent. I'm going to stand. And yeah. and then he sticks with it. And then. Um, yeah, Moash curses him out for doing yeah, it. Curses him out for doing it. Soldiers are like, "Oh yeah, what's with you?" You know. Um, yeah. Um, do you do you want to know what what a real soldier looks like? And then yeah, you know, he fires back like, "How have you taken care of your weapons?" Yeah, um, and then Cal goes uh, full full metal jacket on him. This is my bridge. It is the only one I have. Yeah, <laughs> this is my bridge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Soldiers' gear like was <laughs> life. Cared for yeah. your weapons as you care for your children for food or rest mm-hmm. so that was a little intense Sadius also crosses the bridge and he's looking all pompous and whatnot he's got the red yeah red um um paint on his uh shard uh plate and he's got the tassels and Kaladin is just you know he's just making Unimpressed. note of, well he's just making note of Sadius is it's like he's riding in a parade yeah you know as opposed to going to war or you know what I mean? he says that like um it almost um sullies the amazing armor having all this stuff on it yeah it sort of mute, and, mutes um, the fact that it's this ancient artifact this it mirrors why dalinar doesn't do it too right dalinar mm-hmm. doesn't wear any of that stuff on his he thinks the mm-hmm. same way so i like this this is another like time where it's seemingly like dalinar and kaladin have like think the same mm-hmm. they've shown us with like many opportunities that these two characters seem to think the same on certain things. Like they, they would agree if they, they would have a conversation and they would both say, you're right. Yeah, you're right. No. Yeah, you're right. Well, I love, and I love where, I love where this goes. I mean, this is, this is where, you know, a bloody red sunset um, really gets kicking. And that is when they get closer to danger to the part, uh, to the Parshendi. Yep. Uh, our, last leg. our hero Kaladin makes a decision and his, his decision is to go on the death line at the front. Yeah, and he says, he goes up um, in the spot where rock is. And he says, you're in my spot rock. Yeah. And he thinks to himself right before that though. He says, how can you lead from the back? Like, how can you lead from the rear? Mm-hmm. Right. You need to be in the front to be the leader. And I like that. That's awesome. Yeah. He kicks rock out. Kicks Rock out, and I love Rock's response. You're airsick, Lowlander, and uh, yeah, and and, and he lets him in the front, and and so I was as a reader, like I'm like, oh, this is great. This is it. This is the moment. He's gonna he's yeah. gonna save them all, and then uh, that's not what happens. Um, no, that's not what happens. Uh, he when, um, <laughs> can I can I like make a point here? Yeah, um, the spot that he gets in the middle. So there's mm-hmm. the middle. Mm-hmm. He's got um, uh, Layton and Merc on either side of him, and then yeah. on the ends there are uh, Addis and Coral. And Coral, yeah. Yeah, and um, that middle spot is known as the Death Point. Uh-huh. Isn't the Death Death Point an awesome villain name? <laughs> the Death Point. Death Point. <laughs> like, it's like a kind cool. of like a yeah. like yeah. a DC necromancer type. 
point. He just points his like you know shriveled <laughs> finger at it's, you. Well, and... it's, it's finger of death, right? It's uh, yeah, it's, it's a exactly yeah. Uh, yeah, it's Zarkavon. Death point Zarkovan, is Zarkavon's. Yeah. <laughs> it's Zarkavon's superhero villain name or supervillain yeah. name. To speak the word death and you die. Yeah. Um, um, so you know that's yeah. That, he that's says it's really his cool. privilege to be in the front. It's his right? privilege to be in the front, and uh, and he's going to do it. Five men in the front, the death line, the volley comes in, and right away, boom, uh, Merc just destroyed. Uh, so as yeah. again, as a first time reader, like my hopes are coming up, and and they go, they come down. It's um, I like it though. Um, it's good. It brings the harshness to these uh, scenarios, of course. Yeah. Oh, um, Cal screams, Tien! Yeah, like he screams out cry. his brother's name. Yeah, I yeah, love he's that. He's like, I don't even know why, but I, d- I do it. Like, well, yeah, I don't, it's just great. I don't think it that I know the tragedy. Every single... I, as a first-time reader? Sorry? Do I know the tragedy of Tien as a first-time reader? So no, far? you don't know anything about Tien. Oh, you know that's his brother? And you I know, know that he that... was... Yeah, he was with yeah. his brother looking for lurgs on the rocks. Yeah. Like, I don't know the tragedy mm-hmm. yet, so... No, you don't know yet. Um... So the arrows come flying through and it's brutal. Many of them drop. They get the bridge where it needs to go. And this is where Kaladin really goes to work. This is where Kaladin becomes the surgeon. This is Kaladin mm. the surgeon, right? This, this okay, is... So, uh, there's, hold on. There's, there's a spot here. Um, I, I have to read this to you, okay? Hold mm-hmm. on. Oh, yeah. Um, I like it when you read things to me. It's nice. Oh, do you? Do you like that? I like that. Okay, so... Hmm. Um, okay, so here. The Parshendi archers drew, aiming at five or six of the bridge crews. Bridge four was obviously in their sights. Mm-hmm. The bows loosed. Tien! Kaladin mm-hmm. screamed, nearly mad with fatigue and frustration. He bellowed the name aloud, uncertain why, as a wall of arrows zipped towards him. Kaladin felt a jolt of energy, a surge of sudden strength, unanticipated and unexplained. The arrows landed. Merc fell without a sound, four or five arrows striking him, spraying his blood across the stones. Leighton dropped as well, and with him both Addis and Coral. Shafts struck the ground at Kaladin's feet, shattering, and a good half dozen hit the wood around Kaladin's head and hands. Kaladin didn't know if he had been hit. He was too flush with energy and alarm. He continued running and screaming, holding the bridge on his shoulders. For some reason, a group of Parshendi archers ahead lowered their uh, their bows. He saw their marbled skin, strange reddish and orange helms, and simple brown clothing. They appeared confused. Mm-hmm. Whatever the reason, it gained bridge for a precious few moments, and by the time the Parshendi raised their bows again, Kaladin's team had reached the chasm. So, there's... Something that happens where the Parshendi stop shooting their arrows. And that gives the team enough time to get the bridge to the chasm they're, lo- they're looking to get to. I, the point of order here, I know people say chasm, and I know some people say chasm. And I myself have said it two different ways during this podcast. So just just go with it, okay? Don't don't write emails and like, uh, uh, like oh, don't go on Twitter rants about it. The are going to come after you. <laughs> the geologists are going to be well, according to the geologists. Um, we're gonna bring in some rock experts <laughs> some, so, yeah, you know what rock guys are cool i, I, don't, I don't mind rock, rock guys rock guys listen um so yeah I, I wanted to read that because um there's a little bit of um 
Well, are, a little are, bit are, of mystery going on. Are you insin- okay, so I'm inferring. So I'm glad you brought th- this bit of text up because it goes back to my my sneaky suspicion from the. Um, sorry, that's that sound again. I've got a lantern on my desk here that rattles. I think that's when it, yeah. When it might be I think that's exactly what it is. Yeah, I hear I hear something in the background. Yeah, that's okay. We'll uh, we'll just have to deal with the deal with the lantern. Yeah. Um, so I'm glad you brought it up because these these spheres from earlier that were missing the light. Kaladin doesn't appear to be the same. Right. He feel he seems to be surging. He Kaladin felt a jolt of energy and a surge of sudden strength. Right. So I don't know if that is what the Parshendi saw. I don't. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's it's the death line. So it would appear that I think everybody else around him on the front got hit. Right. So the the so the other four guys dropped, right. So it's just Kaladin in the front. And all the only one that survives this ep, uh, this uh, chapter is Leighton, mm. right? Because uh, the other like not to very, skip ahead, very, but the other four four guys are yeah yeah they they're 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 dead. Or some of them are probably dead right away, and then some of them probably die by the time anybody could get to them. But Leighton actually survived. Hmm. Hmm. So yeah, um, this is a big chapter. So I so I don't know, okay, if something else happened, like in in the army behind, like did the Parshendi see some other event that was not described yeah. in the text? I don't know. There, or it was not was an attempt simply, yet. Or was it simply, you know, Kaladin and uh, getting this um, even even despite the volley. So I so I guess like despite the volley, they still got the bridge down. Hmm. So the bridge goes down, um, and this is where Kaladin t- turns into the surgeon, and he's just, you know, um, he's wondering if he's got a, a broken rib, he's got a, um, a straight laceration from an arrow. Um, yeah, he like, like you said earlier, this is saving where the lives, You know, he grabs, mm-hmm. grabs a wounded bridgeman named Hobber, arrow is through his leg, he finds Gadal, drags him to safety, just before yeah. cavalry rode by. So this guy, Gadal, he would have been trampled like instantly yeah, by his own people, by his, by own, his own people. people. Like he just, he got the bridge there. He would died by, by horse, uh, you know, by, by being trampled. Um, uh, Cal that, realizes after doing a quick count of the dead, he's like, okay, we're missing five men. Hmm. And then, and then he, and then he goes back for another. So he's already grabbed two guys. He goes back for, yeah. he, now he goes for a, a character David. named David. And it's here that he fails. He's too tired. He's too weak. He's falling. Yeah. He can't do yeah. it. And this is when rock comes up. Yeah. This is when the dude. horn eater comes this in. Is, this and is again, my he repeats, dude moment. Yeah. This, the, 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 this was my highlight. Um, uh, because he comes in, he says the insult again, you're, he says airsick low uh airsick lowlander and he's like you're crazy and he and he and he gets uh dabbed and uh well he gets dabbed out of there and of course yeah. um kaladin's able to get out of there as well um and that's the turning of the tide for me because finally kaladin's lead by lead by example has now spurred has now spurred the men to action Right, at least one of them, and then eventually, like four or five more. Whenever he starts ordering them around, we'll get to that part, though. So that for me, that's the highlight because that's the beginning. It's when yeah. when is my example going to um, inspire 
others around me to do things on their own will. Mm-hmm. So that I'm not, you know, dragging them to do it or forcing them to. It's no, you, you're, you're feeling compelled to do it because yeah. of because of what's going on around you. Right. So, um, so there's five left. They find Dabit. There's five unaccounted for. Right. Well, they find Gadol. Um, they find Dabit. So- and so, no, no, this is after, after he, they find, he finds Gadal, he assesses it. He's like, there's five missing and there's five that I can't have an accounted for. He finds Dabit. That means there's four left. And then when rock helps him get Dabit back and like they collapse, Cal's like, um, they, they, they realize that the four remaining were the four at the front with him. So Leighton, Merck, um, Addis and Coral are the four that Cal hasn't accounted for yet. That's right. He's like, unfortunately, he says right away, this is the, like you said earlier, this is the surgeon says, Merck's dead. Like he, he yeah, saw he him. Knew. Yeah, he took, he took five yeah, he arrows. knew, don't right even look for that guy, he's dead. Yeah. yeah, he's, he ain't coming back. Um, He's like, but the others could still be alive. That's right. And then, of course, then, um, so um, Rock and another, I think it was um, Teft. Teft goes out to, yeah. try, to try to find these guys. Meanwhile, Teft is, Cal- remember, sorry, remember that uh, Teft is the guy that gave his name the very first time. That's right. Right. So, um, so Cal is now taking care of the, of the, of the sick, of the, of the wounded around him. And, you know, he's trying everything he can. He's, or he says, uh, somebody make a fire. And they're looking around like with with what? And then he takes off his vest and his shirt. Use this as kindling. Get arrows for yeah. for you know to make to make for the uh, to make the woods. Anybody have a, yeah. a whetstone or a flint like and steel? No, no hesitation. Somebody go get me right? the water gourd like he, from a rock bud. You know he yeah. knows everything. Like what to work with on the very on the most minimal of uh, of uh, of resources. He's being resourceful. Right. He's this is how a leader leads, right? Oh, this is exactly great. how a leader is supposed to be. He doesn't hesitate, doesn't question his own thoughts. He just says, do this, do this, do this, do this. That's mm-hmm. it. And then you deal with your, whether your choices were right or not at the end, but you just have to, someone has to be able the one to make the choice to do the thing. That's it. And then this was another, this was another moment for me. Not quite a dude, but this was a, I don't know. I don't know what you call it. Like the GB factor, like a bit of a, goosebumps sort of thing yeah um, because this is when i realized oh despite kaladin's best efforts gadal is going to die right and this is where we get a death quote right on the Actually, battlefield yes and dude. I'm like, oh dude my gosh it happens in chapter 17 yeah they break the land itself they want it but in their rage, they will destroy it. Like the jealous man burns his rich things rather than let them be taken by his enemies. They come. And with that, Gadol dies. And so I yeah. went, I went, oh my gosh. Is that, is that who's collecting these death quotes? Are these surgeons? Is it Kaladin in the future? Is it his father? Like I've got like so many things came to my, my head when I, experienced this first death quote in the field as a first time reader yeah. so i was just like it's oh a great my moment. god this is amazing this is so great so yeah, it's a great um, moment when you first get you first get your first like when you hit your first well, yeah. your first is always the best right like your first is like very special and stuff. <laughs> so um and teft insists that kaladin drinks from the water gourd 
from all of his mm-hmm. best efforts. And, te- and Kaladin, he's still concerned about the others. He's like, somebody, you, you guys have cuts and bruises and scrapes. But after after Gadal dies, right? Teft and Rock bring back Leighton. And, mm-hmm. and he, they say the others are dead. Addison Coral are dead. But Leighton's close to death as well. And then Cal is able to stabilize his wounds. Mm. And then he, um, like, we're not going to say exactly what he does. He he does surgery stuff. And then he uh, he moves on to Haber and then on to Dabit. And then he collapses. And then that's when Cal comes to him and says, drink some water. He, like, the he doesn't collapse right after Gadal. He has to get over the fact that Gadal is dead, mm. that he couldn't help this one. And then he still has three more to help, right? And then I think his dad talks to him in his head again. Or he, like, hears his dad's voice say, you know, like, continue on or or whatever. Not sure exactly what it is. What is the quote here? Some take lives, some save lives. Is that what he says? Some men take lives, and some men save save lives. Yeah. And so we get to see Kaladin saving lives. I love this. Uh, I love this this part when he's uh, he's trying to get the fire going for Gadal because mm-hmm. he wants to put the knife. He tells someone, "Hey, you, Denny." Go get a go steal a knife off a dead soldier. Yeah, off a dead soldier. Yeah. He's like, yeah, yeah. And so when he comes back with the knife, they want to use it to cauterize. And um, and uh, who's who's in charge of the fire? Um, I thought it, I thought it was Dunny. Maybe it was Dunny. Anyway, he um, whoever's in charge of the fire, he's like, get me that knife when Layton's back. Mm. And then the uh, um, the guy who's in charge of the fire and like turns over to the fire and is shocked that the fire is actually burning. Like he actually, t- he actually did it. I love that little part. <laughs> and he's like, Holy crap. I actually made a fire. Actually made a fire. Look at that. That's crazy. Like, how did I do that? <laughs> oh gosh, this is, this but, is um, crazy. And then the par- Parshendi, the Parshendi uh, start, start retreating. Uh, jumping yeah. across the chasms uh, with unnaturally mm-hmm. strong legs. They've lost the day. They, but they're going to uh, they're going to take their wounded back. Kaladin's not having it. Standing orders from Bright Lord uh, Lamarl or Lamarl. Yeah. Uh, Lamarl, yeah. Um, he won't stand for it, according to uh, Gaz, but Kaladin is insisting he's got the plan on how to do it. Well, Rock... Rock's the one who says to him, like, Gaz isn't going to let you do this. Yeah. And he's like, you let me handle Gaz. I'll handle Gaz, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Yeah. yeah, but he, um, before that part, he, um, the men, when he's, like, when he's, like, actively saving everyone and, like, healing people, he, the men start to look at him reverently. Yeah, they're of like, course. Because this, this guy is saving us. Well, I don't think that they knew just how talented Kaladin is. They don't know anything about each other, right? They don't like, know None any- of these men know anything about each they other. They don't even know their names. Like, That's much why Tef's less like, what- how did you... He's like, Tef's like, how did you learn to do this? He's like, well, I, I wasn't always a slave. A slave. I, yeah, I know. I'm a surgeon's son, for crying out loud. Not to mention a yeah. formidable warrior. So, right. um, yeah, it's it's amazing. It's it's like, finally, like, like, like that's... That was it for me. The horn eater. When the horn eater came in and said, "Air sick, Lowlander," like yeah. you, you crazy motherfucker. Like I'm, I'm risking my life to drag these wounded men because of you. Yeah. You know, like I just that was it for me. It was when the horn yeah. eater, when the horn eater was compelled to act. Now yeah. you, now you know that that's a turning of the tides. At least I'm hoping it's a turning of the tides. I don't know how the pages are going to turn. Because every yeah, time we'll I get see. my hopes up, me, there's always more. Let hardship. me ask you. Uh, 
let me ask you for a few uh, for theories here. If um, well, we're going to discuss the big how, theory. You know, well, yeah, well, we'll get to that in a second here. Yeah. Um, let's let's go micro for a second. Um, if um, mm-hmm. if test a teft ask Cal, um, like how did you learn to do that? And then Cal says, well, I wasn't always a slave, and we know that he was a surgeon's son and a mm-hmm. you know a formidable warrior. What do you what do you think some of these other dudes were? Like let's let's go down the list here. Who who do you give, give me a give me a um an idea of who you think Rock was before he was in this bridge crew? Just a guess. <laughs> it's a random guess. I couldn't hazard a guess. I can't remember what they said about the horn eaters. Um he was just like a, a super tall dude who uh yeah, I guess that's a really shitty question to ask you well i mean he's a he's a big guy i don't know we is don't he... really know about them yeah we don't really know about them i yet. don't know is he a bouncer <laughs> i don't i don't know I, I i couldn't he's hazard a... a guess i mean uh all of these guys uh right now the way i feel as a first-time reader we're lucky just to have their names yeah you know what You're I mean? Right. Because it, it, right. it took so much just to get names out of these characters because before it's just bridge for like that chapter again, going back to that chapter, the way to that chapter, there's no names. It's just bridge for yeah. men die. This is it. Yeah. Like, but you know what? Men don't always die. Leighton didn't die. Dabit didn't die. Mm-hmm. You know, so we got uh, something's happening here. And like Gaz asks him, he's like, why do you even fucking care, dude? Like, why do you care about these people? Like, mm-hmm. and then Cal's like, they're my men. Mm-hmm. And it took a while to get there, but Cal truly believes that. Now I think these are, these are his, his rider dies, right? Got to discuss. Things- we, we, okay. I'm chomping yeah, at the right before, I know. I know. Let me, let me push it one more second here. There's chomping. one more thing that we didn't talk about at this, uh, this, um chapter that i want to discuss is um they say at the beginning that um a bridge crew's got to run if you can get to the plateau before the parshendi you won't have to deal with their arrows and you'll survive that's right so as much as they fucking hate all this stuff the one thing they will do is run because they know if they can run fast enough together um they might get there in time to beat the parshendi but one of right. the things I struggle with that is they they have to rely on the speed of the army as well. If all the bridge crews run as right. fast as they possibly can, right. and the, the army mid- is not well, ca- keeping pace, they will because they're on so- on horses a lot of the time. But there's probably there's lots of foot soldiers, lots of uh, uh, spearmen and That's stuff. That's true too. Yeah, if the, so, if the armies are, are taking any time whatsoever, it costs the bridgemen. That's for sure. However, right. it's all about that that final bridge um, crossing. Right. You know, it's about that last one where okay, this is the deciding one. Are we right. going to get the bridge across before the volley or not? Right. So I guess the 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 bridge the bridgeman's speed really is at that end point. Right. Mm-hmm. Those last couple of plateaus mm-hmm. really matter. Especially if the race is close to get to that um, the contested one where the chrysalis is like kind of making its uh, its its bed, uh, or the uh, where the great shell is making its bed, um, mm. it uh, I guess it really matters. And I guess the getting there matters. Like they can't be slow, mm. but going full speed the entire time doesn't really matter because then they're just waiting longer for the army to catch up. 
right to the bridge to cross so that they can pick it back up and then run around them and you know what i mean yeah no i i uh I guess guess saving their lives with speed only matters during the last plateau. You're right. It only matters the last one. I'm really hoping that Kaladin devises just completely new strategy um, for these bridge crews. Um, That's that's what I'm hoping for as a reader. I don't know. I I have a feeling at the same time that uh, as soon as I was introduced as a reader to Kaladin the Surgeon, and I started to wonder, wow, like, are we going to see the beginnings of his new career? Is, mm-hmm. is is he going to become a surgeon now? And and we are not going to see Paladin the Warrior. Mm-hmm. Um, because maybe his talents in this area get noticed and it's, oh, okay, well, you, you're, you're talented at, at sewing people back up. Well, you know what? We can actually use you in the army. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's coming or not. I don't know. I, I'm not sure if, if they're just going to abandon the, the Bridgman. I don't know. Yeah. I have no there's, idea what's coming. But, there's um, literally nothing I can say. I can't no, say no. either way, right? No, so. that, that's fine. But we got to... You know what we can do is we, we can get to the thing you want to talk Let's Let's talk about the thing you want to talk about. Okay. So toward the end of the chapter, again, after um, dealing with, with Gaz and saying, you know, I'm taking the dead back. There's nothing you can do about it. I've got a plan. This is how it's going to go. And... And that's yeah. it. Any any bribes, of course, bribes Gaz yet again with another sphere. With, um, it's with one diamond mark. Diamond, yeah, that's right, one diamond mark, which is a pittance, but mm. it's all he has. Yeah. Um, so, any any when he mentioned to Gaz about the about the the spheres that he gave them, they weren't uh, they were they were done uh, or or used up, and and Gaz and they only mention it in the text. It backed up my suspicion from earlier in the chapter. Was Gaz was like, "What are you talking about? Like, I got these spear, these spheres from Sidious's treasurer. Um, yeah. they, they were fine when I gave them to you, you know. Like, and right. then, and then that's that's what they mentioned, but they don't mention it after that because then, it, it, because then the conversation switches to uh, to Cal- like, what what are right. what are they to you? Why do you right. care so much? What are they to you? They're my right, men," right. he says. Um, and then the the chapter ends with a, a, a note of something like a hopeful, bright beginning and a bloody red sunset, just like every day. Right, right. Um, and I thought great, great thing. But when I got to the end of the chapter, or more particularly when, when I got to the, uh, the spheres, Gaz, yeah, Gaz describing these spheres, then I'm like, okay, you know what? Like, what if, what if Kaladin is absorbing the stormlight from hmm. the spheres? Because right. he he had them right, like, and if Gaz, I mean, if Gaz didn't mention it in the text, like, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be so. Oh my gosh, like, I think that's a subtle, I think that's a Sanderson thing because I, I don't think that they touch on it again. He left Gaz. I don't trust him. Yeah, no, they, are, are they pretty you? much what happens is um, Cal goes to pay the apothecary with. Spheres, spheres that had stormlight in them when yes. when uh, Gaz gave them to him. Kaladin. He thought when he gave them to the apothecary, he thought Gaz must have given me. He must have switched out spheres that were about to run out of stormlight, yeah, and that's said, why these are out. He says, uh, "Yeah, so ex- exactly." He, gives, he cursed. Yeah, he, he, holding up a dark sphere, he says, and, "And a dun sphere at that." Kaladin frowned. He was sure it had still glowed before the bridge run. That's your right. fault. You gave it to me. Those spheres were newly infused last night. Gaz said. It came yeah. straight from Bright Lord Sidious's treasure. What 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 did you do with them? And it, it just goes. It doesn't touch it anymore. No, that, that that's it. 
and then he says, what are they to you? They're my men. And the chapter ends, you know, like if it wasn't for the fact that it was only subtly mentioned. Mm -hmm. So, and I think that that's, so anyways, that's a big ding ding for me. Like I, uh, I was already onto it from earlier when, when he had the spheres and because when he first got paid, they they were bright spheres. And then they weren't when he goes to the apothecary. Right. And then of course, Going back to how this whole story began, well, not from the from the description of the um, the, the knights at the beginning, but certainly oh, when you're, you're talking about these. Zeth, the, you mean that with the assassination? Because that's right. where that's where absorption was first described. The stormlight, mm-hmm. like like using the light, like from the lanterns, right in the city. Yeah, and yeah. I loved that. I thought that was so cool. And then you know, don't think there'd be any difference in in terms of the currency. Like it's stormlight that powers these, these, yep. uh, right? So, so, so my big, my, my, my super big question and a super big reveal, of course, and I, and I, my apologies on this episode, there, there might have to be a disclaimer for discussing this for first time readers is, um, I am, I, I don't know, but I suspect that Kaladin could be someone who can also use stormlight. Hmm. It's so, a it's a really good theory, and we will have to see whether that's true in the future. Mm-hmm. It is very hard not to talk about it. I, I can't wait I till know. this book is I, done, I, and we can I talk think about you're it. Being, I think you're withholding from me here, Sean, Jonathan. I think I might be. Um, so that moves us on to our favorite part of the show. It's the mm-hmm. info dump. Info dump. <laughs> Um, we covered dump. a lot of dump. I, I thought you were going to go uh, go again with the info dump part but it's okay mm, dump. Um, we'll have to write an actual like uh, theme song uh, for a info dump a theme maybe song not for... a theme song like a jingle maybe <laughs> jingle oh, the, well, so I we mean, covered a lot of this stuff already oh, it um, seems like we did I, I thought we did already but yeah you, you, uh, are... you went heavy on the you went heavy on the floor and fauna talk this episode I did um, I just my notes I, I got into these two chapters so we I have into all of these things. So we have a description of one of your favorite things, another spren. Sprenhead. Sprenhead. Um, yep. Yep. A description mm-hmm. of pain spren is glowing pale orange hands that feed on agony. Literally, when Cal got hit in the ch- in the stomach with the uh, quarterstaff by Yost, um, it like hurt his ribs and these. Uh, glowing pale orange hands stuck to his injury, feeding on his agony. It's pretty yeah. creepy. Ew. Um, we covered the buildings in Hearthstone. Um, mm. Kolinar, the name Kolinar was mentioned, mm. which is the capital city of Alethkar. Yes. And it's also okay. named after yeah. the Colin family. Colin so family, yeah. um, Gavilar Colin and Dalinar Colin and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, we covered knobweeb sap and all those things we have oh uh prickle tacks which yes, are needle stone yeah. shrubs yeah i think you mentioned mm-hmm. them before prickle and the last tax. thing here is that um the parshendi leave their dead on the field whereas yes. the alethi send troops back to and burn they, the dead burn so them. that they yeah. can be yeah so that the best of them can be sent to the heralds mm-hmm. in the tranquiline halls so the Parshendi don't care for their dead like the Alethi do. Mm. But that's it. That's uh, 
That's the dumb got, dude. Did you got anything else? No, I've got nothing. That's it. Do you have any secret sauce you want to talk about at the end? No. Secret sauce. No. You want to um, sing? Uh, do, do we want to uh, try to end this episode with a song again? Like I think that's what we tried to do last time. I don't think it ended well. No, I think I'm good. I'm I'm eagerly awaiting uh, chapter 18 and 19. Yeah, uh, me too. War. I'm just having a yeah. glance here. I shouldn't read too much. Okay, I'm going to save it for the for the uh, for the next podcast. But yeah, these two chapters great. are super super fun. Super fun, and I really I've got my suspicions. Kaladin, I think there's a lot more to this character. Mm-hmm. These next two chapters are Adeline and um, and Dalinar ep- uh, chapters. Are they? I okay. say episodes. Yeah, they're uh, they're yeah, the, they're the Colin family uh, um, chapters, which is cool. Okay. Yeah, we get a new map of the uh, Shattered Plains, which is awesome. Do we? But uh, I am super excited. Hopefully, we'll be able to do this uh, soon. We'll do it very soon. Cools, but jewels. Um, if you uh, want to uh, tell Jack and I how awesome we are or how horrible we are, you can get a hold of us on the socials, which is um, <laughs> at uh, Heroes of One on Twitter. At Heroes of Acathra on Instagram, you can uh, uh, reach out to us on our webpage, which is a uh, uh, www.heroesof.ca. Um, you can find us on Facebook too. Um, it'll be up by then. See, I'm, I'm already ending it on a song. Um, <laughs> if you really like what we do, and if you want to sponsor us and be part of the 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 Patreon team, you can find us at patreon.com slash heroes of. We would really, really appreciate uh, you um, uh, being a patron and then telling all your friends and like getting them to be patrons. Woo! Uh, <laughs> I'm on my second glass of wine, and this is how we're going to end the, <laughs> the That's podcast. That's how we do it. That's how we do it. All right, dude. I'm uh, super excited to um, Storm be maybe playing some D&D sometime soon. And yeah, yeah, we're... Um, I guess we should probably end the episode. All right. uh, Till next time. Till next time. StormPod is brought to you by Heroes Of. Theme song by Jack Forrest Productions. Additional music by Jason Moray. Produced by Jack, Jay, Phil, Mike, and Sean. The Heroes of Hakathra.